Welcome back to the Midwest Coast Pod. I'm your host, Nick Malum. Uh, we have a special guest today for our part two of the post-draft pod, uh, Steele Anderson. Steele, how are you doing? Not too bad. It's good to be here. Long-time listener. Glad I could support the show in uh, past shows, so good to be on. Awesome. Well, um, this will probably be wrapping up our uh, draft coverage. I'm sure it will not be wrapping up um, our Rogers talk. Um, as everyone knows, there's some pretty important dates coming up as far as deadlines of when he needs to um, report um, for mandatory minicamp and stuff like that. So, um, so why don't we start with Rogers? Well, um, I won't even ask you a question. I, I just kind of want to get your thoughts on on the whole situation and who you think is kind of in the right. Do you think that he's, um, I guess, justified in his um, in his uh, disgruntlement or, or kind of what are your overall thoughts on it? Sure. And I'll kind of start, I guess, with um... – the media a little bit rather than Rogers. Um, at this point, we haven't heard from Rogers, so it's hard for me to pick one side or the other. You know, there's a lot of reports going around. Um, the biggest one that's frustrating for me is the whole Adam Schefter deal. Um, you know, that painted Rogers in a pretty bad light, bringing that up on draft night, um, and then coming out later and saying that that actually he just dropped it on that day, knowing that it was going to come out after the 49ers offer. So. Um, for him to come out and do that, and then there would actually be stories written thereafter that Rodgers was doing that on purpose uh, for being petty from draft night the prior year with the love pick. Um, you know, it just shows how much BS is in the media. Um, but overall, until we hear from Rodgers, I don't know that um, it, it's really a hard thing to say. I think <clears throat> all in all, I, there's three things that Rodgers could want. I know there's a lot more going out, going around in the media, but um, I think it's either he wants personnel choices, um, he wants some more money, or to me, the biggest one is I think Rogers just feels disrespected. <clears throat> um, you know, a number of things leading up to that. I read the report of Rogers being mad about Jay Kumaro, um, which is kind of laughable, I guess, to me that you're worried about a UW Whitewater, not tromping on D3 Wisconsin college football, but I don't think he's a major playmaker <laughs> for the Packers. <clears throat> and so, you know, that, that just leaves um, feeling disrespected. And, and that's what you hear a lot about Rodgers is that, you know, he's that kind of guy, a prickly kind of uh, personality and kind of wants to say in California guy, and so more so than personnel and money, I think he just feels disrespected, right right or wrong. I, I do think that the Packers haven't um, been totally up front. You know, we saw Gutekest on draft night say that he did handle the Jordan by not letting Rodgers know they were thinking about going that way. So I think that shows a lot of um, why I feel that Rodgers is just feeling disrespected. And with that, I'm not sure how you really repair that relationship. By feeling disrespected, it's not like money where you just give them a new contract or personnel where you bring in a player. But 
Right. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you with uh, the whole Schefter point. He, he really looked bad. Um, Afria went on with uh, Dan Patrick and, and he just, he didn't, you know, he's got this reputation where he's some great insider. Um, I mean, you know, if you saw Woj go on to some radio show and, um, you know, talk about, talk about um, reporting the same way, I, you know, I think that people would rip Woj up and down for, you know, reporting um, something with the NBA kind of like that. Um, And I, you know, I just, you know, I, I guess I didn't really think that he was that type of guy, but um, I mean, I don't know. I just think that ESPN is kind of, it's, it's kind of turned into a, a, a whole different animal now with kind of their content creating and, and, you know, it's, it's tough to even listen to sometimes, but um, so, so you, you feel overall as though, um, as though at least Rogers isn't in the wrong here. Right. That's correct. Um, you know, I do think that there is some sort of the personnel um, Rogers complaining of, you know, not having a receiver. I think that's, but all in all, I think that's a little bit media driven. Um, you know, I'll go back to the Kumaro again, that the media would never say that, well, Kumaro is a weapon, but Rogers clearly felt like it was a weapon since he publicly um, said that he was doing well. And then two days later, they cut him when that happened. And so, um, you know, and, and if it was a personnel issue for Rogers, um, you know, there's been times at his career that the Packers did have terrible personnel, but I don't think it's now. So it's, it feels weird to me that now is the time this is coming out when you have, you know, a top, I don't know, top two, three left tackle in the game. You've got a top two, three wide receiver in the game. You've got a top five running back. You've got a tight end that led the NFL with touchdowns this year. You know, it's an interesting time for it to come out that he's mad about personnel at this point. Yeah. And I think that that kind of shows, um, probably how upset he was over the love pick. And, and I, you know, I kind of get that. Um, I, I do think it, you know, you bring up the whole personnel thing and, um, you know, you see this graphic about, oh, well, um, you know, since, I don't know, 2011 or, or, um, you know, whenever it was that the Packers haven't, um, the Packers have spent one first round pick on an offensive player. Um, and that was Jordan Love. And yet they get zero credit for, for, um, you know, taking second, third rounders, but also nailing those, those picks with, um, you know, with Cobb, Nelson, now you got Adams. Um, they get zero credit for drafting well in rounds after the first. Um, but yet they just get ripped because they don't, you know, they don't take the, the big names in the first side, so you know, I think that's, that's a bit unfair um, to the front office. Um, and, um, you know, obviously we don't know all the details to the stories still, but I, I, I guess my, 
my overall feeling when I first heard about it was I was just kind of pissed because of the love pick. Cause I just, even though you can't say that if they, if they had picked maybe a receiver or someone last year in the first round that, um, that that would have gotten over the hump last year because it, it probably wouldn't have. And yet you look at all the guys who are under contract as we stand today, um, for not this upcoming year, but the next year. And I mean, you literally have, I believe one receiver on, um, under contract for next year. And that's Amari Rogers who they just drafted. So I, you know, I kind of, um, I guess if Rogers is just frustrated about that, I understand at the same time, dude, he's got a chance to, to really win this upcoming year. They're, they're pretty much bringing back everyone. I understand. I, I understand the whole like disrespect thing. Um, but it is somewhat disappointing that, you know, what are the chances that this upcoming year he's going to have a better fit with another team? Um, they're pretty much bringing back everyone from a team that, you know, probably should have beaten the Buccaneers to go to the Super Bowl last year. It, it, it's just, it's kind of disappointing with the timing. It is. And, and, you know, that that's probably the number one thing that gets brought up is that Rodgers needs a receiver. But I guess I would make the argument that last year, if we take a pick like Stokes, that cornerback and Kevin King doesn't get burnt, burnt at halftime there, we might be playing in the Super Bowl. So when you say that he needs a weapon, it doesn't necessarily mean a receiver, a cornerback could be a weapon for Rodgers. Absolutely. And, and, you know, um, you know, I kind of, I kind of looked at, um, you know, some of the picks um, after love and there were some guys that um, especially going into year two this year, um, you know, where we obviously lost Lindsley um, and, but pretty much everyone else were bringing back. I mean, once all of a sudden, I mean, if they had stayed at, their pick and they had drafted Chase Claypool um, going into his second year. Wouldn't, wouldn't you all of a sudden say, holy shit, this team, this team has an offense like that. Like this offense is going to, you know, is favored to be the number one offense again, going into next year. Um, you know, so that, that's kind of what I look at is, you know, we kind of, now we're paying a, a, a backup quarterback um, when you have the MVP of the league. It's just, um, it's kind of upsetting, but again, at the same time, I it's it's interesting that Rodgers has chosen to all of a sudden, you know, if if everything is true, um, that he's all of a sudden chosen to basically say that he's not going to play for the Packers when I I really do believe that um, that they're right up there with all the with all with the best teams in the NFC. Um, going into this year again, and this, you know, I, 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 I thought maybe last year was going to be maybe our last go around. This could be this squad's last go around, and they're set up pretty well. And it's it 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 just is kind of a bummer that um, that this has to happen now. Right, I agree, and that and that takes a lot away from you know the season. They are bringing everybody back, but this doesn't help them during the off season. Um, everybody talking about this, you know, you talk, you mentioned there, um, you know, what's true and what's not. And here's an interesting point for you because there's been a lot of articles that 
Aaron is not leaking this information. You know, we heard it from James Jones. We heard it from John Kuhn. Um, so, you know, the question comes into who is leaking this. And it's an interesting point that Aaron's agent is also the agent of Jordan Love. And so I'm not sure that that would be the source of the leak, but it seems to me like he has a lot to gain from something like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, and I also thought that it was interesting that James Jones went on with AJ Hawk. And I don't know if you saw, but AJ Hawk was with Rogers that weekend. At the Derby. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure he at least, you know, talk to Rogers. I don't, I mean, who knows what they talk about, but man, it'd be tough to not, to not bring it up when that's literally the story of the weekend. Um, mm-hmm. so, yeah. So I, um, with like, with, you know, I think it's interesting with, with those types of guys going on and talking publicly about it. Um, I wonder, you know, cause they're, I'm, I'm sure they don't want to burn any bridges with Rogers, you know, if they're going on without his permission, saying stuff about him. Um, so I got to think that some of that was at least greenlit and, you know, um, and basically given the okay by Rogers, but I guess who knows. Um, mm-hmm. Right. So, I would agree. I mean, you, you look at the Devante Adams uh, interview today and he was very, very hesitant on what he was actually going to say about anything. And you can just tell that. And then the question came up is if, if he talked to Rogers, interview he had he did not mention that he had talked to rogers but when he asked when they asked him about it he did say he had talked to him quite a bit so you can just tell that it's like you better not say anything about this deal and burn any bridges on his way on their way right yeah yeah i think it's i think it's been kind of interesting with the uh, uh i don't know all the talking heads and his former teammates and stuff um, Which gives me hope they can figure this thing out. Yeah, no, I'm I'm much more hopeful now than than I was a week and a half ago. That's for sure. Um, so, um, kind of piggybacking off of the whole situation, so um, it, it kind of brings up um, kind of an interesting situation for Gudekuns mm-hmm. and. That is, if if Rogers truly isn't going to play, um, or you know, come, let's just say that come um, mandatory workouts, um, he does not show up, and it's past June first. If you trade him now, you're going to save much more cap space um, than you would previously. Um, but I think it, I think there is kind of an interesting conversation when it comes to what they should actually do. Should they trade him um, and get a bunch of capital or should they truly let him sit? And um, I, you know, I, I think that if he, if he sits, he has to pay back like 30 million. Um, And, you know, if you essentially force him to retire, um, you may not end up getting that, sort of draft capital that you would if you traded him or any assets back. Um, but that's a huge cap number that comes off your books um, where you don't have to eat any de- dead cap if you were to cut them. Um, so, so Steele, um, with that being said, what, 
what would your strategy be kind of going into this? Well, me, um, I guess if I'm good at cast, I don't, you know, the major X factor here is we don't know what love can do. And we, with COVID, haven't seen any practices nor heard any reports because the media hasn't been allowed at practices either. And with no train, no preseason and no training camp, nobody has really seen him play besides the organization. Um, so if I'm sitting in Goody's chair and I think, you know, whether Love can play or not, I'm not trading him, um, no matter what. That would be career suicide. If that doesn't work out, you're done. You're not getting another GM job. You're up. You're not out of the league, but you're out of being a GM, I think. Um, so I'm 100% putting my heels in the sand and saying, nope, you can retire if you'd like. Um, if not, you'll be a Packer this year. Now, that can only go on for so long because this would linger around the organization forever until he's traded if he doesn't report to camp this year. But this is really a non-issue if if you're Gudekis watching practices and you're like, Hey, love can play like you know right. maybe not this year um you know but if you look back and a lot of people compare it to the Favre and Rodgers and I there are some similarities but really very little um in my opinion but um <clears throat> you know the biggest one being Favre walked away Favre retired and that's really not the case here I know that was floated in the media but I really don't believe that that's an option for Rodgers um, he's too smart for that. He knows that he's got a lot of money to make. And if money is an issue, he's obviously not going to walk away from that many dollars. I agree. Um, you know, so overall, I guess I would, there's no way I, I'm not even answering the phone if someone's calling. Yeah, I would have to agree because I think, um, you know, obviously they can, they can get a lot of capital for him still. And yet, um, that, you know, gaining that cap space is not a bad thing. Um, that's, you know, you, you kind of can, I mean, kind of like you said, so, you know, what's, what's kind of the pros and cons, um, you know, if, if you trade him away and he balls out for another team and goes deep in the playoffs and you suck, um, that is not a good look on you, but, nope. um, and you can argue, well, why would you just let him sit around and not get anything for him? You really are gaining something for him. If you let him sit around, you are, um, it's a lot of money and it's a lot of cap space. Um, and you know, you, um, if you, if you let him kind of hang around and you gain all that cap space back and love ends up being even okay. Um, you have a pretty decent roster and you can, you know, now all of a sudden you got this cap space where it's like, oh shit, we can get maybe a couple pretty good free agents on the, uh, and we have a QB on a rookie deal. Um, it, you know, you can actually kind of turn it around pretty quick. Um, so mm -hmm. I think that, I think that the risk and reward in um, kind of holding your ground um, versus trading him is, um, the risk is much greater trading him um, than it is gaining all that cap space. Now you may be punting on this year, but you're probably punting on this year anyways, even if you trade him. Um, let's be real. Who cares if you get Jerry Judy and Noah Fant 
for this year. You're probably not, you know, you're probably not going to be a real contender even if you get those two guys. So who cares? Right. Um, um, so that's kind of my take on it. Um, still, do you have anything else on um, kind of the, the Rogers saga? And also, I would like to get, you know, how are you feeling on it? Um, you know, what is it? 11 days after the news came out. I mean, do you, do you think that he's coming back? Um, I do. I think Rogers is going to be our starter week one of the opening of the season opener. Um, I think he'll be there, but <clears throat> one of the, I think an interesting topic that hasn't really been breached is the whole Rogers saying he's only coming back if Budakis is fired. Um, I just think that's intriguing all the way around um, for the fact of it kind of sounded like he went a little rogue when he did, when he moved up and took love, you know, there wasn't a lot of talk about that in the organization. Obviously Rogers hadn't even had any idea that was going to happen. And if you're out a week before the draft and there's any possibility that you're going to do that, you would think the first call would be, Hey, this to Rogers, Hey, this is what we're doing. And we're thinking about, this because of XYZ and explaining it to it, especially knowing um, what kind of player and personality Rogers is, um, you know, so I think overall Gutekest has done a good job that he's come into the league. He's hit on uh, quite a few draft picks um, to start, you know, he's missed on some too, but overall I think he's done a, a good job, but at the end of the day, that was a pretty big swing to take Jordan Love. You know, that's a, a swing for the fences. And when you take a, a swing like that and you're dealing with, you know, we were one game away from the Super Bowl at that point. Um, there's a lot of risk reward there. You know, it's similar to pushing all your chips in uh, on a poker match and going all in. And sometimes when you push all your chips in, you just get to get up from the table without and your chips stay on the table. And, you know, that's. Uh, was a pretty big gamble, and I don't think it's paid off at this point. I guess time will tell if Love can play. Maybe we'll never see it, though, and that's why I think it was a bad gamble at that point. So I think it does set a bad precedence, um, firing your GM because your quarterback wants it, and I'm not saying I'm for it, but if it did happen, I, you know, it, it is what it is at that point. You know, it's um, you can't say it wasn't a little bit deserved taking a swing like that in the draft. Yeah. I, so I kind of look at that situation two ways. One, um, if, if that report is actually true, which I, I've kind of heard that it's not. Um, and yet, who, you know, who actually knows, but, um, you know, with that said, if it's, if it's true, I, I think it's, I think it's kind of bogus. I, I actually think it's kind of a loser move for Rogers. I mean, to 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 hate someone so much to that you're gonna you're literally going to call for his job um, when you have this roster that is pretty damn good around you. Um, I think is I, I I think that's just kind of childish. Um, and, you know, and I, I hate ripping on Rogers, but it's just like, that's, I don't know. I think that's maybe a step too far. I um, agree. But we, we all know from what we can hear on the reports prior, you know, we, 
we know Rogers is a little childish. Right. Right. Um, with that being said, do, do I hate the pick? Yes, I do. And I, I hope that I end up being proven wrong. Um, but you know, I kind of already mentioned it. There, there are guys where if you had them in their second year now, boy, you'd be feeling pretty damn good. But with that said, so this is kind of the only caveat to that. With that said, you could have easily drafted a bust. I mean, we, you know, we're going to talk about the draft here in, in, uh, you know, a couple minutes, but you could have easily just drafted a bust too. Um, we, we've seen it many times um, where that guy, that guy sucks. He doesn't contribute. And it's the same as drafting love. Um, so it's not like, you know, I'm, I'm throwing out this hypothetical of would it be awesome to have Chase Claypool right now instead of Jordan Love? Absolutely. But that doesn't mean they were going to draft Claypool. I mean, you know, I think that overall he's drafted pretty well, but at the same time, um, no one bats a, you know, no one bats a thousand, even on their first rounders. It just doesn't happen. Um, Mm -hmm. So, so what? So if he drafted someone who's garbage, if he drafted, you know, Ahmad Carroll, Demarius Randall, and they're in their second year now, it's like, so now you're, so because he drafted a shitty corner, now you're not pissed, but because he drafted a QB who also might be shitty, you're pissed now to the point where you want him fired. That, that seems just a, you know, that seems a little over the top. So again, I'm kind of on both sides of the fences here because I do not like the pick. I will say it again. I do not like the pick. I'm still pissed that they took him, but only for the fact that there was potential to grab someone good behind him. But that doesn't mean then that he was going to draft that good player because he could have just as well drafted a guy who wasn't going to going to contribute for us and put us over the hump. So, um, so that's kind of my whole take on the situation is I, I think that Goody was wrong in how he handled that. I also think that if this Rogers thing is true, that he's also wrong in handling it. So, which I agree with you on the, they could have missed on their first pick, but you're also telling the players by your first and your second round picks by taking AJ Dillon in the second round that we're looking to the future here, which is a crazy thing given the players returning for this year, as well as being one game out of the championship. And, you know, you're coming off the game of that 49ers game where, you know, I probably could have had 500 yards rushing against the Packers at that point. Um, You know, they just got ran all over. And so to be one game out and then say, we're drafting for the future. um, You know, if, if I were sitting in Rogers chair, that'd be a hard pill for me to swallow too. Even yeah, if you did, um, even if you did miss on a cornerback, at least you're telling me we're drafting for today. Yes, no, I, that is that is a great point because because you know I I guess I was more speaking in truths rather than perception. So if you are drafting any sort of skill position at all, whether it be offense or defense, um, the perception of that at least is. It's not insignificant. Now, is it more significant to draft a good player? Yes. 
but it, does perception have anything to do with it? I'd be lying if I said no, because that's just simply not true. Um, and basically, if you draft Love, you know he's not contributing the year or in his rookie year, and you probably know he's not contributing in his second year if all goes according to plan, whereas if you draft someone else who's not a quarterback – you don't know going into it that he's not contributing for two years. So that is a very good point and is also, is also somewhat of the reason why I was so frustrated with the pick is that, yes, he could have drafted a bust, but, you know, I've kind of brought up during this time that it feels as though the Packers sometimes get in their mind that they're kind of holier than now, that they're above the league. And while they've had a very impressive run of sustained success, are is their talent evaluation at the quarterback position that much better than everyone else in the league that they can just say, whenever we take a first rounder, it's going to be great? Because history goes to show that since basically 1998, all first round QBs, there's – there's a there's literally a 50% bust rate 50% and it and it has not improved since 98 at all it's it is 50% almost every year and sometimes there are more busts than there are booms and sometimes it it's the opposite way but it ends up being 50% so if you're trying to tell me that you are so much better at QB evaluation than the rest of the league boy, you better hit on that pick because if you don't, your ass is grass because we have not seen basically a bad Green Bay starter um, since since the beginning of the Favre era. Um, and all of a sudden you're... Which, which even then doing... it wasn't terrible. It was still Don the Magic Man who was not bottom half of the league. Right, right. So... My yeah, my point is, is that if you draft a you know a bust in the first round while your team's this good, um, you, you know that maybe is. I mean, granted, everyone makes mistakes, but that maybe is grounds for termination because when you have this type of window, um, you know, I think that you just have to try to maximize your chances, even though they had. A great chance last year, and I won't discredit that at all. And if they had drafted someone else, who knows? They probably don't get over the hump even if they draft someone else. But And football is weird, and you don't always the, – the, the better team doesn't always win. But what you at least want to do is put yourself in the best situation for to have those chances in your favor is what I'm saying. So, so again yeah. – that's kind of a rambling um, uh, talk on kind of how I'm I'm not really on Goody's side, but I'm also there's part of me that's not on Roger's side either, and I'm just kind of conflicted. Mm-hmm. Which I want to hit a bit on the um, comparing this, you know, Roger Love and Rogers. You know, uh, Love was never in the talks of being the first, the number one overall pick in the draft. You know, the right. the players were, 
the scouting wasn't even close. A lot of people were putting Love in a second or third round grade. And so to move up and take him wasn't even close to the doing the same thing as when we took Rogers. And Rogers still sat for three years. <clears throat> you know, and we're gonna we're talking about possibly Love playing in year two. So um, you know, it's just it's not even close to the Farb Rogers transition at this point. And I hate the comparisons. Yeah, no, I I think I think that it's off base too, just just based on the fact that I mean, it's it's not I know that the the whole retirement thing came up recently, but it's not I mean, he wasn't thinking about retiring before. Like Farb did it for like three seasons. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so, so, I mean, at some point it was just like, all right, it's time. Like, it's time. We're not dealing with this anymore. It, yeah. No, I, right. I totally agree. It's not It's not the same. Which even so, he did it. He kicked around retirement for three years, and then we drafted Love, and then he kicked around retirement for another three years before he actually did it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, I don't think – like, Rogers has stated – multiple times that he wants to play well into his 40s that wasn't a secret when we drafted love it mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't think that i'm at least from from what i'm gathering from all the reports i don't think that rogers went to goody and said uh yeah i'm thinking about retiring in the next two to three years i'm guessing that did not happen <laughs> so, <laughs> right so um all right, uh, Steele, let's uh, take a quick break. And then uh, up next, we'll be uh, breaking down the NFL draft. All righty. All right, welcome back to the Midwest Coast Pod. Uh, joined with me again is Steele Anderson. Steele is a bit of a uh, draft guru, so we're happy to have him on. Um, he called it in the 2010 draft that he would have taken Indomitian Sue over Sam Bradford. Um, so around here, that essentially uh, makes you our draft guru. So That's good. Draft royalty. That's right. Um, Steele, I can't wait. I'm, I'm glad that you are joining us for this pod because um, obviously you did not take too kindly to some of our, dra- our pre-draft takes. Um, I'm happy that both Jack and, uh, Phil are not on, so you can just rip into them without getting interrupted. Um, so still, why don't we start, um, with just kind of the overall draft. Um, why don't we start with, um, kind of your, uh, quarterback takes, um, who's kind of the guy that you like the most? And um, and kind of you see having success early with a situation that they're in. Sure, I mean obviously the quarterbacks were the the spotlight of the first round. You know, I think that's all we listened to for two months was who the 49ers were going to take at pick three, um, which we'll get to in a second. But um, overall success right away, um, I see it being Trey Lance and not because he's the best player in this draft. I just think he's going to a really good situation. You look at uh, Kyle Shanahan, what he's done with quarterbacks over time. Um, it's been some incredible things as well as he's got no pressure to start day one. Um, you know, I think Jimmy G will be hurt in September again, like he has the last four years or 
that's an exaggeration, but um, I think he'll see time early. And I think Kyle Shanahan is a great uh, situation to go to. <clears throat> Obviously, yeah. everybody like Trevor Lawrence, um, you know, great talent. Um, I'm just not sure. I think there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve with Urban Meyer um, network coaching in the NFL either. Um, you know, they're going to kind of learn that thing together. I do think Urban's a smart guy. He's going to figure it out just fine. Um, so at some point in their career, they will be, they will turn that Jaguars uh, team around. Uh, my favorite player at the quarterback position, I think, though, um, is Zach Wilson. Um, I don't think that he'll succeed because I think he's going to a terrible situation, not just that the um, Jets organization is a dumpster fire. You know, they do have a, a decent GM, I think. Now, I did like their draft on the first three picks of things, getting him some protection and getting him Elijah Moore at the receiver position. I think an excellent second-round value. Um, but overall, you know, having a defensive head coach, um, you know, which is the fourth defensive coach in that division and going against the uh, Bill Belichick's and uh, <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> Brian Flores in that division, that's going to be a tall task. Um, but I do like him as a player. I would really like him if he had went to the Niners, um, but just a tough situation there. He might turn it around, but I don't see that happening, I guess. <clears throat> Yeah, I I was also with you on Wilson. Um, you know, everyone was ripping on all these big name quarterbacks from the big schools because they had such great rosters, and yet this guy came from BYU and um, led BYU to one of their uh, better seasons in recent memory. Um, guy can obviously make all the throws. Um, that being said, I I think you bring up a good point that is all, all of a sudden kind of turning into a tough division, especially if Tua ends up being good, um, which he hasn't proven it yet. Um, but I don't think it's quite early enough to give up on him. And all of a sudden now you have a solid Dolphins team, um, a good Bills team with a young quarterback. And who knows what the Patriots, if Mac Jones um, ends up being – even decent now all of a sudden you have a great division and you're just the jets um all the time so i think that was a bit of a tough situation for him um mm, but and on top of that all three of those coaches in that division are defensive well all four i guess was Salah, but he's not going to face Salah. <clears throat> right yeah so i yeah i guess outside of the two even you know the dolphins defense was was all right last year Right. So, I mean, he's going to have to kind of be a bit of a superstar um, to succeed with that team, I think. Um, but um, so were there any, I mean, outside of the quarterbacks, um, what were, um, what was maybe your favorite pick or some of your favorite picks? Um, I really liked the Bengals pick. Um, uh, I love Jamar Chase. I think, you know, there wasn't a lot of talk about him leading up to the draft, given he was out the year. Um, I think we saw all those guys that sat out a year fall just a shade. Some of them less than others. Obviously, five is a good spot for Chase to end up. But had he come in with a 
another year like he had in 2019, it would have been a hard time for the Falcons to pass on him, especially with them trying to move Julio. Um, you know, with that being said, I don't love that they don't have a lineman um, there, which is just a tough situation there, whether he would have went um, lineman with Sewell there or Slater. I actually really like out of Northwestern um, rather than Jamar Chase, but you don't find talents like Chase every day. Um, yeah, I don't think that receiver was their biggest need because they have Higgins and Boyd. Um, but like you said, I think that it was pretty clear cut leading up to it that he was thought of as the best receiver in the draft. So I don't, I don't disagree with you getting back to the quarterback steal. Is there a QB that you would, um, that you would predict as being the bust out of this, um, class and also, um, just because they're in our division, what do you think about Justin Fields? Do you think he's going to kind of um, lead the Bears to prominence again? I'll answer both your questions with one answer. I think uh, Fields is the bust of the draft. Um, really? <clears throat> just some reports that I read. I don't know that they're totally accurate. Um, and I think – Urban came out with a report the other day that um, he thinks Fields will do just fine, but there's some reports that uh, he's not the hard work ethic guy, um, you know, kind of the last to show up and first to leave kind of guy. That's not going to work in the NFL. I don't think um, the one thing that he does have going for him is that aptitude test and he scored the highest that it's ever been scored on there from what I read. Um, you know, so I guess the jury's still out there. You know, I would have said Mac Jones, but going to the Patriots, again, I think that's just a good situation. Um, having Bill Belichick, you know, I guess it's similar to Zach Wilson. You know, you're still going to face three defensive coaches two times a year. Um, <clears throat> but Belichick has shown the ability to adapt to a quarterback that can't be mobile. And I'm not comparing Mac Jones to Brady because I would just – not even be close to fair, but um, I think in the NFL at the bust rate, you know, I think it it's uh, um, more so situation than it is player. Um, sure. You know, where you go is a lot more important than actually how good you are. Yeah. Um, my, my, my overall thoughts on, on fields is, I mean, you know, obviously he still went high, but I thought it was interesting that all of a sudden um, he just went from clear cut number two right behind Trevor Lawrence to all of a sudden he's the fourth quarterback taken. I just thought that was interesting and um, and kind of at least told you something um, that those first three QB needy teams – um, passed up on him. Um, I, there's gotta be a reason for that. Um, and whatever that is, um, I don't know, maybe they'll, they'll regret it, but he, I, I remember, er, um, earlier in the college football season, he was, he was thought to be the number two guy through at least halfway through the season. And then all of a sudden it was, he was dropping, dropping all of a sudden people like Zach Wilson more there's got to be a reason for that. And I just think there's too many red flags. That being said, you, you brought up earlier in the pod that 
Rogers fell um, so far when he was thought to be a super high draft pick, and how did that work out? So, what do I know? Hmm. Uh, but that that's a different situation too. I mean, you look at Rogers, and I'm convinced that if he goes to the Niners, number one overall, he's not the Rogers we see today. I'm convinced that he's uh, more of an Alex Smith quarterback. <clears throat> going to that situation because you saw Alex Smith was a good talent by the time he got to the Chiefs and Andy Reid. Um, he could play, but, you know, that Niners organization at that time was just um, a fiasco. So I don't think that – I think Rodgers was developed under Favre for three years, and that's why I say situation is more important. I'm um, just hitting back on the, on the love deal, although I think he is the bust of the draft. I do think it was a good – if I were sitting in Ryan Pace's shoes, um, I would have taken a swing like that as well because they're really counting the clock down in Chicago um, for both um, Matt Nagy and um, Ryan Pace. And you kind of just got to swing for the fences at that point. You know, I talked about swinging for the fences with Budakis, but he didn't need to. Um, those guys in Chicago needed to, and maybe it'll work out for him. Uh, maybe it won't, but just with his inconsistencies in college, and his work ethic in question, <clears throat> I don't see that working out for him. Well, I hope you're correct, Bill. Um, that would be awesome because I, um, living in southern Wisconsin, I have grown to hate the Bears more than even the Vikings. So uh, that that would be awesome. Um, so, um, so, Steel, why don't we get into the Packers draft? I just um, want to hit on um, yeah, go ahead. first Ryan, uh, first uh, Phil's take of the quarterback situation and that he uh, didn't love Trevor Lawrence with him walking into Clemson and uh, having a lot of talent around him, but also loving Justin Fields. I'm not sure how those don't go hand in hand. It's not like Ohio <laughs> State doesn't have top talent around it as well. Right, um, the, guy, the, guy, the guy went to Georgia. And then transfer to Ohio State. <laughs> I'm not sure how those situations are that far off. Um, <laughs> and also, if you look at number three and all the reports of Mac Jones going three, I said it the whole process. Um, I did not, you know, I was pretty adamant that he that Mac Jones was not going three. You just look at, um, you know, John Lynch was hired as the Niners GM. Prior to that, there was. Um, no reports of him doing that. Uh, shortly after that, they traded for Jimmy G. No reports until the trade news broke. Um, they also traded for Trent Williams. No reports until the news broke. Signed Williams to a long-term contract. No reports. So it was just a little bit off to me that the second that they traded for the number three pick, it was all of a sudden unanimous that Mac Jones was going to go to that spot. Yeah. Yeah, they're uh... – they're a tight-lipped uh, uh, organization over there, I guess. Um, so, Steele, um, let's talk about Eric Stokes. Um, to me, Stokes, uh, he ju- he jumps out as a bust. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I want him to work out so much, but um, I have little to no faith on this one. And yet, um, Gutekunst has shown that, um, you know, he has an eye for talent in the first round at corners. So um, maybe there's some type of uh, 
I guess, enthusiasm. Um, however, it didn't, it didn't seem to me that Stokes was the same player as Jair. Um, but um, I'd like to get your kind of thoughts on, on what he projects to be as. Um, yeah, it's kind of a challenging one. You know, it's uh, not a guy that you heard a ton about. Um, coming into the draft, um, mostly what I read was a second, third round grade on him. But with that being said, it's hard to argue with four interceptions his senior year there at Georgia. And, you know, so it's just a hard pick, I think, to evaluate. You know, you can, can't argue with production, but you look at Josh Jackson, Josh Jackson uh, really high-end ball scale guy, has not worked out. Um, you know, but you always look at the Raiders draft and speed and that never works out for them. I don't know if that's going to be the same case here, but I agree with you. I'm not, uh, real high on it. The only thing that I am high on is he probably could have caught up, um, to Scotty Miller in the NFC championship game and knocked that pass away given he ran a four, two, five. Yeah, no, so he, I'm hope- it's, he's, he's like the opposite of Josh Jackson. And so maybe that gives you hope. Um, I, 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 you know, I, I know that he had those picks, um, you know, his senior year and that's all impressive. Um, I heard reports, um, from a certain Phil Emmerich that he watched, uh, all his highlights, including all four of those picks. And they are what we like to call Ha ha Clinton Dix picks where they're tip balls that just, <laughs> that just, that just land. <laughs> um, I, I did watch a couple of them too. And, and that was a knock for him too. They, you know, there was a couple where the receiver kind of fell down and he just kind of kept running the route and the, and the quarterback threw it to where he thought the receiver was going to be and receiver fell down. So it's in his lap. However, it was still not a clean catch. And he still bobbled the interceptions. So that was, you know, a lot of knocks that I heard on him too and why people were projecting him a little lower, um, just not having that clean ball scalability. But, you know, with that all being said, there wasn't a lot of other picks that I loved at at 29 either. No, I, I, I was actually hoping that, um, well, you knew that I was hoping – for them to draft that uh, I forgot his name now because he's not on the Packers. That Notre um, Dame Jeremiah Owosu, whatever his name is. Yes, yes. <laughs> but um, if they hadn't drafted him, I was kind of hoping that they had tr- that they had traded down. Um, and I've been disappointed in the past when they've when they've you know traded down. But um, I I want to mind it. Um, I actually. Um, I was a big fan of Rondell Moore and I was kind of hoping that they had that, that they were able to, to secure him in the second round. Um, and, but I thought that late first was maybe a little too early for him. Um, and so I was kind of hoping that they would just trade down after some of the guys went, um, before their pick, you know, I, I really liked, um, I really liked, uh, Greg Newsom out of Northwestern. Um, yeah. And I was kind of hoping that he would maybe fall to him. Um, that didn't happen, obviously. And so, um, and so there were, you know, there were guys that just, you know, 
or pick before them that um, I liked. And when they were sitting at 29, if they had traded down, I'd have been happy about it. Um, probably happier. I agree. Than, yeah, pro- probably happier than them picking Stokes. But I guess uh, that's why I'm not the GM. <laughs> it is true. I guess I would have, you know, I wouldn't mind them seeing them go down. No, I don't love that as a fan. I want to see the big, sexy pick. Um, you know, but I would have just liked to see them move one way or the other, preferably up. You know, there's some really good talent. You know, when you're looking at the 20th pick and you still got Kadarius Tony, who I really like. Um, you know, you got Caleb Farley on the board, who's a top five talent, just couldn't stay healthy, um, which is a huge red flag. However, Jair couldn't stay healthy his senior year either. Um, you know, so it's not always the end all be all. Right as well as Newsom and, and Bateman still on the board too. You know, we get back to, to those receivers. Um, it would be nice to have a, a second weapon there. And with all four of those guys going within, you know, nine picks before them and we move up last year for love, we could have moved up four picks and got, had our choice of Newsom or Bateman. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. That is a good, I mean, you know, you can't, you can't always um, look at, you know, one draft versus the other. Cause obviously you have a allotment of picks, but, um, but yeah, no, I, I, I would have to agree. I, I think that staying at 29 was probably my least desirable. Um, but you know, they, they, I mean, theoretically they, they filled some type of need. Um, and Kevin King is, um, on kind of a prove it deal, so it's not like they're invested in him. So um, they sort of need a corner. It wasn't. The I want to know how the hell he got six million dollars. Uh that's only incentive based. I think. I think he's only guaranteed three. I don't care. I still don't like it. <laughs> <Okay>. He's a <laughs> league. He's a league minimum guy. Well, it was funny <laughs> because Goody's quotes afterwards were, "Yeah, we pretty much thought that King was gone." And then there wasn't a market for him, so we just paid him fucking nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm just not sure how you fire – how do you fire the defensive coordinator in that position but not – and then somehow bring King back? Yeah, I just don't know if uh, they had a lot of cap space to be signing corners, but what do I know? Yeah, I agree. I guess – King may be better than the third cornerback on the board. I don't know, I guess. Yeah, I yeah. Like I said, I wish I kind of wish we had gotten Newsome. There was some there was a little bit of Josh Jackson vibes with him, and yet I think he was he had better ball skills, even uh more so than Jackson. And um and that was kinda that was kind of my guy when um when the you know, when, when the draft was playing out was I was hoping that he was going to fall. Um, and instead we got some speedy guy who can't catch apparently. <laughs> uh, um, just, I was reading ESPN. They gave Newsom a grade of 90 and uh, Stokes got a grade of 76. So that's always good. That, that That's well, we've already trashed ESPN. I don't think I'm getting signed um, to uh, the ESPN podcast center after this pod. So we can, we can rip them all day. So, um, sorry, I ruined the deal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Let's uh, talk quick about um, their second and third rounders, which I really liked. Josh Myers, um, the center out of Ohio State, and Amari Rogers out of Clemson. What do you think about those guys? And did you think it was warranted? Um, not only warranted, but do you think that they um, that they overpaid um, or yeah, overpaid with um, with trading up from ninety two to eighty five? Um, and giving up a fourth rounder with that to secure Rodgers? Um, I guess I'll hit on uh, Josh Myers first. I, I really like the pick, obviously. Um, you know, <laughs> there's other things there. I don't like the way the Packers are manipulating the cap. You know, I just see what other teams can do with the cap, and it just seems weird that you can't re-sign Corey Lindsley after you paid him nothing for four years. But that being said, he did go on a fairly large deal. Um, you know, which should have been what Rogers worked his way into to be able to retain Lindsley. But I think Josh Myers is a good replacement as any for him. Um, another guy you don't have to pay for four years. Um, I really like that pick out of Ohio State there, um, which Corey Lindsley is an Ohio State guy as well. So um, hopefully he just steps in and fills the shoes. Um, I think. Uh, Rodgers was an excellent value in the third round as well, um, kind of trying to throw a bone there. Maybe worst case, he, uh, if um, Aaron Rodgers doesn't play for the Packers this year, Amari can take 12 and save everybody money on buying new jerseys. But, um, you know, yeah. we just talked about being three picks away from a, a Bateman and a Newsom in the first round. Um, you just sometimes can't leave that risk up and giving up a fourth probably an ideal to move up seven picks in the third round. But, um, you know, it, if he works out, it's no one's going to care about that fourth round pick. Exactly. Yep. No, I would have to agree wholeheartedly. I, I think that they lost, you know, if you look at the draft uh, pick value chart, I think that they lost that trade is what I read. And yet you are exactly right because um, it seems as though a lot of people like the pick. Um, I don't, I don't think he's looked at as being a dominant player. I don't know if we need that right now. Um, I think we need a very reliable slot guy. And I think that he will fill that need, um, right away from basically day one. I think he'll be, I think he'll be getting plenty, plenty of playing time, um, his first year. And if not his first year, certainly his second year. Cause like I said, we got no receiver depth right now for, um, for next year. So I think that was a huge need. Um, so, um, still kind of my, um, last question, was there, was there anyone who, uh, kind of stood out to you, um, from the Packers selections, um, on day three rounds, four through seven? Um, given the fact that they took, um, a large portion of linemen, um, I don't really know many of them. Obviously, we're all going to hit on being Wisconsin fans. We're going to hit on the fact of Cannon. But, um, you know, other than that, I'm not sure that, you know, obviously we all want to see him succeed given the proximity to his hometown. But um, I'm, I'm not sure I see any contributors there in the first couple years there. Yeah, I um I would I would have to agree. I 
I liked their draft right away, and then I kind of looked at it, and um, I'm not sure that I really love their. You know, they had a they had six picks on day three, um, and um, I don't. I mean, it kind of seems like they have maybe some high upside guys um, from their day three selections, but. Um, maybe some lower floor guys as well uh, where these guys could, you know, be um, out of the league after a year. Um, so who knows? I know that um, the one guy that kind of stood out to me still, I don't know if you agree was their seventh rounder in Kylan Hill, uh, the running back out of Mississippi state. I know that he is um, fairly talented and he showed off um, his pass catching skills this past year. Um with Leach coming into town. Um, so he kind of, I guess, um, showcased that, you know, he has a different aspect than what he had shown previously. Um, but I read a lot about it. He's got a bunch of character issues. So, <laughs> so you know, it usually works out. But um, I think Sometimes that's Sometimes those guys don't, uh, you know, if character issues in Green Bay, there's not a ton to get into. Um, you know, given the smallest Green Bay is the smallest professional city in the U.S. Uh, there's not a That's lot of cool. That's true. However, I've been to, to Green Bay and they have there's one street with about five strip clubs. So, um, <laughs> no, <laughs> so. I wouldn't know. I've never been to one. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, you're you're right. I, you know, I mean. It's a seventh rounder or whatever, but um, I think that he's got talent. Um, everything that I've read says that he's got talent. It's just uh, kind of putting it all together. I, th I I think he even quit on the team last year, like halfway through the season, which I'm sure did not. Um, I'm sure it wasn't like an opt out where he uh, was like trying to upgrade his draft stock. So, um, so kind of a red flag there, but. Um, again, there's some talent there. I think that he could potentially be a third down back for us um, at mm -hmm. some point. Um, all right, Steele, uh, that is pretty much all the um, content that I have. Do you have anything else to hit on on the draft? Um, I don't on the draft. Just uh, just wanted to thank Jack for his promo code. Um, the goatee's intact, doing well. Um you know, the one thing I'll give Jack is he knows how to pick out a good goatee. Um, not so much at draft analyst or really any athletic bone in his body, but uh, <laughs> pick out a good goatee. So I'll give him that. Um, so I appreciate that promo code um, from your guys' sponsor there. And um, nice thing you guys do here and sure appreciate it. <laughs> you bet. You bet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steel. Well, uh, Thanks for joining me. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, I'm glad that uh, we could get our draft guru on. And uh, I would say that we would talk to you soon, but I'm guessing you're not interested in coming back on until the next draft. So <laughs> We'll see you in a year. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, buddy. Thanks for joining me. All right. Be good. All right. Yeah, be good.